0: and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we're gonna be discussing the cure to self-loathing. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why many of us struggle with the tendency to self-loathe. We're going to talk about some of the subtle ways that self-loathing manifests itself in our lives, in our relationships. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about how to get out of this destructive habit and and cure the tendency to self-hate, to self-loathe. So when we're talking about self-loathing, we're referring to when a person feels greatly shameful about themselves, sees, sees themselves as unlovable, as unworthy, has a negative self-image, oftentimes a very low self-esteem, they'll treat themselves and often others with disdain and uh, usually have a very hard time loving who they are as a human being unconditionally. Now there are several different reasons why a person may be self-loathing, uh, which I'm now gonna go into. So self-loathing is directly related to poor, inaccurate, or abusive parental mirroring. So childhood is meant to build a sense of self, which requires that a parent attune to to their children's needs, to meet those needs, and to ultimately mirror back to the child in a way that the child can internalize an accurate idea of who they are, and this is referred to in psychology as interjected identification. So in this instance, a parent is projecting an idea of who they think the child is, and the child then internalizes that projection, and they'll see themselves as that person, they'll grow into that person. So a child who has accurate mirroring, mostly because the parent has awareness of who they are, they have self-awareness, and subsequently has the awareness of who their child is, the child is going to interject that identity as their true identity, as their authentic self, and they will experience themselves as true, as valid, as lovable, and as loved. In the case of, let's say, a neglectful, a selfish, or narcissistic parent, or a parent who's just uninterested in the child's development, what they'll do is they'll project onto the child what they want the child to become, usually for selfish reasons, and what this is going to do, the child's going to then grow into that person, and this is going to misalign the child's development with who they truly are, with their true authentic self. And this distorted self-identity pulls the chi- child away from their authenticity, from their authentic self, from their child within, right away from their true nature, away from their higher self, and this leads to a pseudo-self or a false self or ultimately a distorted self-identity. Now this self-identity is usually going to be riddled with shame, guilt, and uh, lead to feelings of self-hate and self-loathing as they experience themselves as invalid, unreal, shameful, unworthy, and unlovable. Now in addition, a child is going to ingest the harsh messages, the negative messages of their superiors, whether it's said to them overtly or not. And what they're going to do is they're going to take on those criticizing messages and then ultimately turn on themselves and criticize themselves in a similar fashion. So this inner critic, this harsh critic, is in a sense acting as the parent self to the child within in an attempt to keep them in line. And the idea is if I'm going to survive, I need to become someone who is going to survive. So if I'm being treated this way, and that is who I have to become to, uh, to survive, to get my needs met, then I just go ahead and reinforce those negative messages and treat myself this way in order to survive. So the individual in this case is attempting to navigate their internal chaos and, uh, and, and all the, the, the parts of the self and act as the parent that's being neglectful and uh, in a way the superego is starting to overcompensate and that's where they'll start treating themselves with harsh criticism and negative feedback. Now, as a result of this, the wounded and shame-based child and then the later adult is going to be in possession of an abusive and oftentimes very hateful criticizing inner critic, and they're going to turn on themselves with these same messages and um, in mistreatment, and ultimately they're going to become their own perpetrator. So the abusive inner critic turns on the person making an enemy out of them, and this leads to uh, self-hate, self-loathing. So in the case of an abusive parent, because a child cannot see the parent as the cause of the abuse they're thus going to internalize all their experiences as if it's their fault and that's how they're going to translate not getting their needs met and being mistreated so seeing them themselves as the one to blame for all the mistreatment they're going to see themselves as you know being worthy of being punished shamed and guilted for being mistreated because ultimately they must have done something terrible to not get their needs met to upset the parent and uh, ultimately they make an enemy out of themselves and uh, they start to blame themselves. and and, and this leads to to self-hate and uh, to self-loathing. So now let's talk about self-loathing and self-hate from a a consciousness perspective. Uh, According to Dr. David Hawkins, the level of consciousness that a self-loathing person is at is around 20 and 30, which correlates to shame and guilt. So a person who is in this state of consciousness sees themselves, others, and the world through a lens of shame, of guilt, of victimhood, and in essence, they are fully identified with the small self, the ego self, the lower self. In this state, our self-esteem is going to be very low. Our self-image is going to be filled with negative self-perceptions where we're very hyper-focused on our flaws and how, how unlovable or how shameful we are. So it's very common for abuse and trauma victims to exist in this state of consciousness because ultimately they're treated in ways that would make them feel shameful and guilty and fearful and that would lower their state of consciousness so from this perspective the way out of self-loathing feelings attitudes and and beliefs and paradigms and programs and state of consciousness is to raise our consciousness to a level where these attitudes don't exist they fall away so dr hawkins explains that the way to do this is to be tremendously honest about how you feel and what you believe Uh, the second you're able to do that you raise your consciousness to a level of courage which is above courage is truth below courage is lies So courage. Which is at 200, right? We start telling the truth about ourselves, about how we feel, what we think. And this may include uh, how we see ourselves and ultimately how we, how we treat ourselves. And uh, this level of courage allows us to make a, a giant leap. And uh, the idea is we want to leap up to and raise our conscience up to 540. He says that at this level, 540, we have a much better idea. Of who we are as eternally loving beings uh, there's more peace and with this newer and much higher level of consciousness we're able to sort of let go of these false pseudo identities and we can develop a more accurate compassionate forgiving and loving attitude of oneself and our self-image uh, will be much more healthy so the much better feelings and perspectives of ourself at this level allow us to feel think and embody ourselves and experience ourselves as loving people, which essentially eliminates any and all feelings and ideas and images uh, of us being unworthy, unlovable, and shameful. Someone who hates himself cannot n- really claim to be self-aware, and the reason this is the case is because a person, who a person's true authentic self is love. They are unconditional love. They are the energy of unconditional love. So therefore, when a person hates themselves, it must be that they're seeing themselves as something other than who they are, which is love. And because of their experiences and, and uh, ultimately the traumas that they've gone through that have misaligned them with their authentic self, uh, they're not seeing accurately, they're not seeing their true self. So ultimately, they must be operating from ego or, or have a shame or guilt-based consciousness, which is full of lies and distorted perceptions because a truly self-aware person is aware of their true nature, which is that of love. And, and true love cannot hate itself. Now, self-loathing is unfortunately very rampant, and it's something that I myself have struggled with for a very long time. And uh, it manifests itself in very many different ways, and sometimes they're subtle and even difficult to, to detect. Uh, it may appear as a lack of self care, uh, extreme criticism of personal character defects and and physical flaws, uh, extreme perfectionism, uh, addictions, lack of patience and irritability, uh, extreme defensiveness, let's say judgmentalness of yourself and others, uh, let's say hating your existence, and these are just to name a few. So self-loathing feelings, attitudes, beliefs, and programs are going to take a particularly negative role on our relationships or on our, specifically, our intimate relationships. So when we're operating from this mindset, a state of consciousness, we're going to have a very difficult time accepting and receiving love. Now when someone tries to show us love, because it goes against our belief system that we are in essence unlovable and that we are shameful, we're going to have no choice but to run from it, reject it, sabotage it, or or even shame or even abuse the person who's aiming to give us this love because in essence they're, they're activating those wounds of unlovability of shame. Now, because a person in this state is going to very much struggle to accept themselves, be at peace with who they are and love and and really enjoy their existence, life becomes a living hell uh, where in essence they feel trapped in their body and, and feel very burdened by having needs. So as a result of this, any experience of joy, love, and, and meeting their own needs is going to be a reminder of how painful their existence is, of how their unmet needs in the past were exploited and, and, and wounded and the vulnerability was taken advantage of, and uh, how much they aim to run from it, escape it, and, and sadly, in some instances, just run from themselves entirely uh, in the form of suicide. So when we're talking about a narcissist, specifically, what we're dealing with essentially is somebody who has succumbed to their self-hate and their shame, and, and ultimately they reside in a shame-based and victim consciousness. So a person in this state is unable to perceive himself as lovable and ultimately it's the attempt to abuse others is trying to offload their shame and their self-hate towards others in a way uh, that relieves them of this burden of constantly carrying around this negative these negative emotions and negative self-image. So when a narcissistic, narcissistic abuser is exploiting their victims, in essence, what they're doing is they're aiming to use, let's say, the drug of control or power to soothe these feelings of, of helplessness, hopelessness, shame, and that of being an eternal victim. And uh, needless to say, these uh, these, these uh, tranquilizers, these drugs, these fixes that the narcissist is aiming for, they, they don't work because the, uh, the shame and the guilt are still inward. And until they go inward, take responsibility for and then process those inner feelings of shame and shift out of those negative uh, victim-conscious mindsets, then, uh, then ultimately the feelings will reside. So now let's talk about the cure to self-loathing. It's important to understand that the opposite of self-loathing is radical self-acceptance and self-love. Now, the idea is, is that we, we have to accept ourselves and unconditionally you know regardless of how we feel or think about ourselves, and uh this is very difficult especially if we uh, identify with our feelings so you know when when we feel shameful right we feel down we feel depressed and we see ourselves as, as permanently ugly we 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 want to make sure that this doesn't maintain our this doesn't sustain itself as our main baseline of who we think we are and how we feel right so we want to in essence raise our mindset raise our consciousness uh, it's so important to to develop non-reactivity and and sit with these feelings to feel them to acknowledge them and process what needs to be processed but as soon as humanly possible work to attain a higher healthier and more life affirming state of consciousness particularly that of unconditional love and joy it is so important not to trust how you see yourself when you are feeling these negative emotions such as shame guilt and fear you know instead like i mentioned non-reactivity will allow you to see these feelings as separate from you and then you can do what you can to process these emotions with present moment awareness, you know, transmute them into positive emotions, and then shift into healthier and more positive thoughts and ultimately raise your consciousness to, to that level of love and joy that Dr. Hawkins describes as being around 500 or 540 on his map of consciousness scale. And at that state, you're going to feel more positive, you're going to feel light, happy, healthy, and you're essentially going to see yourself. Accurately, which is that you are pure love, and ultimately your true nature is eternally worthy of everything good in life. And in that space, there really is just no room for negativity, and ultimately, there's no room for self loathing. It's extremely important to let go of false beliefs, primarily false attitudes and programs from childhood that are stuck in our unconscious. So, in many instances, we are unaware of our shadows and our unconscious and how that's manifesting itself in our life. So, we may not Necessarily believe them consciously, but the unconscious mind's uh, mind holds on to our childhood programs and beliefs until we, as adults, it intentionally go into our subconscious mind and release the false and faulty negative programs we receive from our family of origin or from, from early childhood education or friends or from let's say, the collective unconscious or the society. Uh, these shame and guilt-based beliefs, they hold us back, and they keep us in a mindset where we can't even imagine being happy, loved and, and fulfilled. So letting go of these beliefs these attitudes these programs will automatically allow us to see our self more clearly see life more accurately and ultimately we'll see what life is in its true nature and that is and that is love and finally it's so important to get in touch with the child within the true self and to identify with this self uh, this is our authentic self and, and when we do this what we're doing is we're tapping in to the present moment self, the unbelievable power of the present moment, which is unconditional love, which in essence, where there's love, there cannot be hate. You know, It wipes out any feelings of self-hate and clears up any self-perceptions that are distorted, which ultimately leads to self-disgust and, and self-loathing. So the child within is innocent, it's forgiving, it's loving and it's free. And when we can get in touch with that child self, integrate him or her, we're able to, we're able to become whole, you know, feel more peaceful and ultimately experience the unbelievable love, that we feel when we are reunited with with our with our authentic self with the uh, with our heart self and uh and and connect with this child within now the child within is eternally loving and the child within cannot hate itself. So when we do get in touch with this child self that feels unlovable, right? it feels shameful, and then we go ahead and let go of the programs and the quote-unquote brainwashing of our childhood uh, where we learn that we're not lovable and um, from those who themselves oftentimes believe that they were unlovable, and then we get in touch with the natural self and we let that shine through, uh, then we can really identify with that eternally loving, authentic self which ultimately spreads throughout our life and, and heals all of all the things we, we struggle with, all the wounds. And to conclude, you know, it's extremely unnatural to hate yourself. Uh, this, is, this is not seen in a child who has a healthy upbringing, most usually. Uh, children are only taught to hate themselves by not being accepted, by being shamed, by being rejected, by not having their needs met, and ultimately by being treated in this way, internalizing these messages, and then going ahead and treating themselves this way. So it's so important to take ownership of the faulty ways in which we relate ourselves to ourselves, treat ourselves, and then feel about ourselves, and ultimately perceive ourselves, our self-image. When we do this, we can take responsibility for the way that we show up to life, you know, the intentions, both conscious and unconscious, uh, that we put out into the world, the energy that we align with, and ultimately we are able to experience a healthier, more loving relationship to ourself. And when this is the case, we, we cannot help but love the infinite and divinely spiritual being that we are. And uh, in this place, again, there's just no room for self-hate because it becomes very obviously clear that who we are by our very nature is true, unconditional love. And like I mentioned earlier, love cannot hate itself. So when we go on a healing journey inwardly and realize that all these parts of ourself that uh, that really are just part of a whole sense of self are all lovable. And the only reason we fragmented and disconnected from them was because we were taught to hate those parts of ourself or to, to see them as ugly or shameful. And in essence, that is not their true nature. So when we go on a healing journey, we integrate all these parts of ourself. Uh, and then, you know, we, we, we're we able to finally see that we are in possession of a whole sense of self that is a reflection and an expression of of love and the divine. And in this space, it removes our ability to see ourselves inaccurately with a distorted perception and ultimately uh, feel shameful about who we are. And the only choice we have is to see what is the truth. And the truth is, is that we are eternally loving beings. And uh, it's simply inaccurate to believe that we are not. So thank you all so much for, for listening to this episode and I hope it inspires you to uh, understand a little bit more about why we might feel this way about ourselves, and realizing that it's not natural to hate yourself and if you feel that way, it's oftentimes because we're holding on to negative states of consciousness usually stemming from, from childhood. So if you're interested on going on a healing journey so you can let go of those programs, process those emotions and ultimately raise your consciousness to a place of unconditional love, feel free to reach out to me directly. It'd be an honor to work with you. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z at magnoliahealingcenter.com. My phone, 818 I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time.